Blog Talk Radio. Okay, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to our Facebook. My name is Brother Emmett Overton. It's an honor to be here tonight amongst all of my brethren worldwide. Thank you for those who are listening to me here at www.livedeliverance.com. And we're also on in our blog talk room, air code 646-378-1857, and you can hit option number one. Let's begin in prayer. We're going to study the book of Mark. This is our first night into the book of Mark. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, how God has anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, and who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Lord, use me as your oracle tonight. Father, your word says that we confess our fault, that you are just and able to forgive us for all unrighteousness. We take this time and opportunity to ask you to forgive us for all of our unrighteousness. Lord, we thank you that you have forgiven us and thrown into the sea of forgiveness, Psalms 103, 11, and 12, Psalms 85, 2. We thank you that the angels are being able to protect us from all satanic warfare. We have the authority over Satan. We rebuke you. We bind you in the name of Jesus. Go away from us. All demonic forces that will try to hinder this through voice bounce, electrical spirits, we commanded you stop now and go. Lord, we thank you that you have angels on all assignments for us now to do war in the heavens. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I like the book of Mark. Uh, this book of Mark means a lot to me. Uh, when I first got called into the ministry of deliverance, this is the first book that I started studying. And I went over this book about 12, 13 times in three months, over and over. And as you go over things, you can constantly get revelation. Jesus is a revelator. And in order to understand the Bible, you have to get it by revelation. You cannot get this by any other way but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's written in first, uh, I'm sorry, in the book of Galatians, chapter 112, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. When you study the Bible, if you're going to look at the Bible on a human perspective, you're not going to get any understanding of the Bible. You cannot be carnal understanding the Bible. That violates 1 Corinthians, chapter 3, 3. For ye are ye carnal. For where there is among you envy, strife, divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Another problem that causes people to really misunderstand the Bible is trying to understand it from the natural perspective. You're not going to understand the Bible in a humanistic understanding. This is why I do not endorse the Amplified. They need to throw that away. That's pitiful. You don't even have to study to read that. You just get all, it's just, they giving you the revelation instead of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I can't get no revelation out to Amplify. I'm a supporter of King James. But you can't get this unless you get the Holy Spirit to get it revealed to you. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, uh, it says, But the natural man received not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, because neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So in order for you to understand the word of God, you have to stick with the word of God. You have to get it by revelation. So I'm going to do the best I can with what God gave me, and I pray that this will be a blessing to you also. 
there are two focal points that I really want to hit, but tonight I really want to give you a understanding of the Sabbath in a way you never saw it before. I have to push the Sabbath because I'm not pushing nothing on you. I'm pushing what Jesus did. Jesus was Lord of Sabbath. I do not understand why Christians cannot deal with this. Why Christians have to worship God on a day that he, t- he, t- he told us not to worship him on. And if you study the history of this, you see that the Roman Catholic Church has something to do with moving this from Sunday, from Saturday to Sunday. And you, the Protestants so-called to be protesting against the Catholic Church are doing the same thing that they're doing. This started with Constantine, the uh, a Pope of, of Rome, made an agreement with the Druze to get Easter. We give you Easter, you take Halloween, and we'll go from Saturday to Sunday so you can do your pagan rituals. So in the book of Mark, it's gonna, I'm going to show you some spiritual things on the interesting part of the Sabbath spiritually, why God wants you to use it, because it's very deadly when you're casting out demons. I have cast out demons on the Sabbath, and I find very little resistance. I've cast out demons on Mondays through Fridays, except for after when Shabbat come, I find it very easy. So before we get into the spiritual part, I would like to look at the theological reference to the book of Mark. Amen. We're going to first, let's deal with the outline of this context of the book. Preparation for Jesus is outlined in the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 1 through 13. The ministry of John the Baptist started in the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 2 through 8. The baptism of Jesus, that started in Mark, chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. The temptations of Christ, that started at Mark, chapter 1, verse 12 through 13. Early Galilean ministry, Mark chapter 114 uh, to uh, Mark chapter 3, verse 6. And also in the book of Mark, it highlights the ministry of deliverance more than any other uh, content of the scriptures, more than the book of Mark, more than the book of Matthew, Luke, and John. And this is why I guess the Lord, when he started me off, he began to teach me uh, the Sabbath by the book of Mark. He taught me a lot on the ministry of deliverance by the book of Mark. And uh, it's, it's been a, a, a blessing. This is a very blessed book to me. And uh, one of the things that he's, it stuck out to me in the book of Mark is in Mark 121, and they went into Caponium straightway on the Sabbath day. When he showed that to me, he entered into the synagogue and taught. The Lord said, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. That was the first time I heard a voice tell me I'm Jesus of Nazareth. When I read that scripture right there, Mark 127, and they went into Caponia and straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught. And as we read, we'll see that the ministry of deliverance was very profound. We will go into that. But I'm just highlighting some things that I really learned from it. You may be able to get something else better. The first four disciples was called in the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 14 through 20. A Sabbath in Caponia. Here it is again about the Sabbath. Uh, it, it definitely gives you information on the Sabbath more than any of the Gospels. And uh, this is why I really enjoy this uh book and when I this part of the Bible and when I went to Israel I had no understanding in my life of the Sabbath I was in my 40s late 40s and uh, uh, that was a big awakening sending me to Israel 
And when I went to the tomb of Jesus and came out, and when I went to Golgotha, Golgotha clicked. I got a revelation from Golgotha about the mind. And he told me, I'm going to give you a revelation of the mind, the fleshly mind, and tell people to come out of the mind. I've been persecuted with it. I've been called stupid. People laughed at me. I'm still here. So I got a lot of revelation in my ministry with the book of Mark. The first preaching tour of Christ is in Mark chapter 1, verse 35 through 45. Conflict with the Pharisees. The confrontation with the religious spirit started in Mark chapter 2, verse 1, and go to Mark chapter 3, verse 6. His later Galilean ministry was in Mark chapter 3, verse 7, and through 7 through 23. He withdrew to the seaside and began to do things in Mark chapter 3, verse 7 through 12. Opponent of the 12 disciples in Mark 3, 13 through 19. This is the beginning of the ministry of deliverance when he ordained his 12. And it's so uh, ironic today that when I hear people call themselves ordained, they don't know nothing about casting out demons. <laughs> and if we see in Mark chapter 3, verse 13, it says, And unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. We're going to cover all of this. This is just an introduction. I'm summarizing. The Holy Spirit is telling me to give you the summarization. Of course, I don't know what that is. I'm just hearing the Holy Spirit. And he strictly charged them that they should not make him known. Why did Jesus always tell demons that? Because we don't need the demons to give us assistance to our kingdom. That's why. He's the Son of God. And they have to obey him. And if we see the calling of the ministry started in a mountain, and he goeth unto a mountain, and called unto him whom he would, and they came unto him. And he ordained twelve that they should be with him, and that he might send them forth to preach, one, to have power to heal sickness, two, and to cast out devils, three. This is the third thing the Lord taught me when I first got started in the ministry. The first one, he hit me with the, about the Sabbath. When I went to Israel, I saw it, and I went around people, and they were showing me scriptures because I wasn't taught it here. Pastor Wayne was a, on Sunday. He didn't know, but he taught me everything else. But God will always fill in gaps. Please complete the Sabbath and have some respect for it because Jesus is Lord of Sabbath, and we will read that as we get deeper into the book of Mark. Amen? Okay. Uh, friends in four in Mark chapter 3, verse 20 through 35. Teaching in parables in Mark chapter 4, verse 1 through 34. Teaching through mighty works in Mark chapter 4, 35 through Mark 5, 43. And another profound thing that sticks out in the book of Mark that I find very fascinating for me in my life is that the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is highlighted a lot in the book of Mark uh, as we see this wonderful name, which is Yeshua, and how the book of Mark illustrates it is so, so beautiful and so powerful. See, this is why I love this book of Mark. Lord have mercy. Mark 6, 1, and he went out from there and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach. There I go again. Jesus was dealing with me because I was a Sunday keeper. And every time I opened up the book of Mark, he'd go with Sabbath, and then he'd go back with deliverance. 
Then he go to Sabbath, then go back with deliverance. Then he go to Sabbath, and out. This went on for about four months, backwards and forth. And then he carried me to Mark chapter seven, verse uh, Mark chapter six, verse eight, and command them that they should take nothing for their script, nothing for their journey, save a staff only, no script, no bread, no money in their purse. That's what he script me. He told me don't write no sermon. Don't take no script. I don't want you writing a script. A script is the right stuff. Now, of course, you can't write it out anyway because you can't spell. I believe when you're called to the ministry, the weakest thing of man God will use to give him glory. The mission of the life of Jesus, Herod and John the Baptist in Mark chapter 6, verse 14 through 29, miracles and teaching around the Sea of Galilee. We're going to look at that as we go into the book of Mark. We're introducing it and what we're going to be teaching about, Mark 6, chapter 30 through 56. Conflict with tradition. Now, this is a very powerful thing here because a lot of people are tradition. That will definitely stop you from flowing with the, with the power of God, being traditional. Ministry beyond Galilee, Mark chapter 7, verse 24, and Mark 9, 29. The two Gentiles' healings. Jesus healed both Gentile and Jew on earth. This is mentioned most in the book of Mark. That's in Mark chapter 7, verse 24 through 37. We're going to look through all this. We're going to go through the book of Mark with a fine pen comb. The Holy Spirit is going to scrape it off and give us the, give us the uh, revelation. Amen. Uh, more miracles in Mark chapter 8, verse 1 through 26. To Cecilia and Philippia in episodes in Mark chapter 8, verse 27 through Mark 9, 1. The transformation when Jesus was transformed. Uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 2 through 29. The road toward Jerusalem, Mark chapter 9, verse 30. And Mark chapter 10, verse 52. And then route through Galilee, Mark chapter 9, verse 30 through 50. The ministry in Persia in Mark chapter 10, verse 1 through 50, 52. Now, before I close, I want to get to this because before we open up the book of Mark. The Passion Week that they call the Lord's Day. Sunday, the Lord's Day in Christianity is generally Sunday. This is a day in by most Christians worship Christ. It's, it's, it's called Passion Week. Now, where do they get this misunderstanding from by not representing and honoring the Sabbath? If you turn to the book of Mark chapter 11, And you will read Mark 11, 1 through 15. And when they came night to Jerusalem and to Bethlehem and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent forth two of his disciples and said unto them, Go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as you enter into it, ye shall find a cloak tie, whereon never man set. Loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do you this? Say ye that the Lord had need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way, and forth the coat tied by the door, and out in a place where two ways meeting, they loosed him. A certain of them that stood there said unto him, What do ye loose the coat? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus has commanded, and they let them go. And they 
brought the coats to Jesus and cast their garments on him. And he sat upon him. And many spread their garments in a way, and others cut down branches of the, off the trees and shrew them in the way. And they that were before, and they that followed, cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of your father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna is in the highest. And Jesus entered Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the entitled was come, he went out into Balaam with the twelve. And on the morrow, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, and happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing in the leaves, and for the trees was fig was not. And Jesus answered and said, No one eat fruit of this his forth forever, and his disciples heard it. And they come to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple, and began to cast them out, and sold, and brought the temple, and overthrew the temples of the money exchangers, and the seats of them that sold drugs. In the Gospel of Mark, everything has something to do with confrontation with evil everywhere. Okay? Now, on Monday, Jesus cursed the fig tree in Mark chapter 11, verse 12 through 14. He cleansed the temple also on Mark chapter 11, verse 15 through 19. On Tuesdays, he dealt with faith and fear to his disciples on Mark 11, uh, chapter, uh, I'm sorry, Mark 11, chapter 20 through 33rd verse. The olive tree discord, Mark 13, 1 through 37. The anointed betamine, Mark 14, 1 through 12. Thursday. The Last Supper, that was on a Thursday. That's in Mark chapter 14, verse 12 through 25. Friday, Jesus is in Gethsemane on Friday. Okay? Mark 14, 26 through 52. The Jewish trial that Jesus had, that was on a Friday. Because they had to lay him down before the Sabbath. The trial had to be before 3 o'clock because they laid him down and they had to uh, make sure that he was crucified before the Sabbath because they don't want to break the Jewish law. So you have to understand these things and understand that the Sabbath is still applicable is what I'm trying to tell you today. The Roman trial is in Mark chapter 15, 1 through 20. The crucifixion and burial is in Mark chapter 15, 21 through 47. The resurrection of Jesus is in Mark chapter 16, 1 through 20. The resurrection and the discovery is in Mark chapter 16, chapter 1 through 8. The Pope's resurrection and his appearance is in Mark chapter 16, 9 through 18. In Ascension as Apostolic Ministry, we're going to go through all that as we read through the book. I'm only introducing you to this before we start our teaching, and we'll start that off tomorrow. The author's mark, the theme, Jesus, the servant son. The date of his writing was 55 to 65 A.D., among the four Gospels, Mark is the most conclusive account of the beginning of the Gospel about Jesus, the Son of God. Although the author is not identified by name in the book itself, true of all of the Gospels, the early and unanimous testimonies of the church is that John was responsible for his writing. This man grew up in Jerusalem and was among the first generation of Christians in Acts chapter 12, verse 12. He had the unique opportunity of being associated in the ministry with three New Testament apostles, 
According to Papias, in A.D. at 130, the other second century church followed Mark, delivered the contents of his gospel from the associations with Peter, who wrote in Rome and designated it for the Roman believers. Although the pacification dates of the writings of Mark's gospel is uncertain, most scholars state that in the late 50s or the early 60s it may have been the first four gospels to be written. And uh, the Lord personally told me through Revelation, Mark is the first chapter, the book of Mark's first, not Matthew, but that's how theologians, men mess with things, but God will bring truth. What is the purpose of the book of Mark? In the 60s of the first century AD, the populace threat believers in Rome cruelty, and many was tortured and put to death by Roman Emperor Nero. According to traditions among the Christian myth in Rome during the decades where the apostles Peter and Paul as one of the church leaders in Rome, John Marx was moved by the Holy Spirit to write the gospel as a prophetic interpretation of the pastoral's response to the first-time persecution of the church. His intentions was to strengthen the foundation of faith in Rome through its believers and the need to be inspired to them to suffer faithfully of the gospel, placing before them the life, suffering, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Christians don't want to talk about suffering. That's a different story, but we've got to get there. <laughs> in a fast-moving narrative, Mark presents Jesus as the Son of God and the sufferance servant Messiah. The watershed of the brook in the Ephesus of Cephas and Philippia, followed by the transformation in Mark 8, 27, and Mark 9, 10, where both Jesus identifies his mission of suffering are fully disclosed in his, with his 12 disciples. The first half of Mark primarily focuses on both Jesus' mighty miracles, authority over sicknesses, and demons as a sign that God's kingdom is at hand. If you want to know the ministry of deliverance and you want to start off, there's no better place to start off in the book of Mark and go over it over and over. Now, if you call, God will give you the revelation. I believe that everybody has a specific calling. I believe that some people who call to cast out demons Maybe on a different level than another person. We still are called to cast out demons. Regardless, you cast out a mass of Satan or a little bit of one, doesn't matter. You're still one in Christ. You still get the same rewards. Ain't no big means of little use in the kingdom of God. This is why I like it. At Caesarea, Philippi, however, Jesus tells his disciples only that he must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again in Mark 8.31. There are numerous references through Mark to sufferings at the cost of discipleship. Mark 3:21, 22, and 30. Mark 8:34 through 38. Mark 10, verse 30. Mark 10, verse 33 through 34. Mark 10, verse 45. Mark 13, 8, 11, and 13. God's vindication, however, will follow righteous suffering as a demonstration in Jesus' resurrection. Four main features characterize Mark's gospel. It is a gospel of action, emphasizing what Jesus did rather than what he said. This is why I like it. He did it. He cast out demons. He healed the sick. 
Mark records 18 miracles, but only four parables. Not included in the biological statement, it is a directive of the Gospels for the Romans expressing the Jewish customs, omitting all Jewish genealogies and birth narratives, translated Arabic words, and used Latin terms. It is a gospel that begins abruptly and proceeds rapidly from one episode to another, with the frequent use of the Greek adverbs immediately, 42 times. It is a gospel of varieties that describes the events of Jesus' life, of casting out demons and healing the sick and confronting evil forces of this world. That is the summarization of the book of Mark. Now, before we close, we're going to kick this thing off. Mark chapter 1, in the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I send a messenger by before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight his path. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judah and they Jerusalem and were all baptized in him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin about his lines, and he did eat locusts and wild honeys. Now, I want you to pay close attention to this in Mark chapter 1, verse 7. And preached, saying, Therefore one mightier than I after me, that latches of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. I got a lot. Of, I know Christians. This guy named Shannon Davis is a joke, a Trump lover, a Republican follower. Oh, man, he bashes everybody. But Trump, the Pontus, and this, this dude is just as lost. He doesn't have the Holy Ghost. Now, if any of you are trying to be... <laughs> called to this ministry, and you're not operating in the Holy Ghost, you're going to be very ineffective of casting out demons. Even Jesus himself, before he started his ministry, was baptized. Before he even dealt with the devil, he was baptized with the Holy Ghost. So can somebody tell Shannon that, Shannon Davis on Omega Man Radio, tell him that, please. What are you doing Come out triage? You got some people that call themselves in the deliverance ministry so far off from Scripture, it's a shame. It's supposed to be done by Scripture. Before Jesus confronted the devil, he had to get the Holy Ghost. Let's read Mark 1, 9. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. That was the Holy Ghost coming upon Jesus. Jesus didn't do any ministry. And you got a lot of people here talking about there in the deliverance ministry, especially Shannon David. He can't even speak in tongues. He don't have the Holy Ghost like Jesus had. He can't say to the court, he can't say it. He doesn't have it. And yet he wants to take off telling me Jesus is ivory. I got a Christian named James Jones, the most stubbornest Christian I've ever saw. He get and hear a sermon and define pride. You see, when you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you're going to have some problems. Even the Holy Spirit can come in you and dwell if you don't feed it. You ain't got no power. 
you have to have dominuminous to deal with the demons or deal with anything in the ministry. Notice that the Spirit uh, came upon Jesus and straightway coming up out of the waters, he saw the heavens open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now watch this. And immediately the Spirit delivered him into the wilderness. He went right into spiritual warfare immediately. Now, if we can't copy off this, we if you don't have no spiritual warfare, your marriage ain't going to work. Your relationship's not going to work. You're trying to organize a church without spiritual warfare. Jesus was equipped to deal with the devil. He didn't do anything until the baptism came upon him. And when the baptism came upon him, and straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. He was ready for warfare. Some of you don't have the Holy Spirit, and I pray tonight that you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we'll go over prayer. You would have to call me. You have to set up an appointment. We are very, very backloaded. Me and Sister Darina is loaded. Oh, boy, we need some help. And, you know, and I'm praying that God will send me some help. Uh, I, I can't, I got to have a person on my level. I can't turn people on to minister people. I don't know where they're coming from. I got to check their spirit. But we need some help. Please uh, email us at OvertonAvy1 at gmail.com if you'd like to get the power of the Holy Spirit. You can call me at 678-701-3733. It's an open line for public. It's not my private line. You won't be able to get that because I have to have some peace. Not that you're not giving me peace, but people call you all times of night, and the problem is so overwhelmed they forget that you, you're you human. Amen? That's why you got to send people to Jesus. Notice here that Jesus received the Holy Spirit, and immediately the Spirit delivered him into the wilderness. Now watch the warfare. Mark one thirteen. Here's the first confrontation of Jesus and the devils in the book of Mark, chapter 1. Look at that. Now in the book of Matthew, if you go to Matthew chapter 1, and go to verse 13. Let me show you what you get. Nothing wrong with Matthew. I'm just saying the book of Mark is more intensified in the ministry of deliverance. Well, you're getting the genealogies in the book of Mark, Matthew. The whole genealogies of Jesus in the book of Matthew, which is good because that shows that Jesus Christ is the offseed from David, the seed of David, of Jesse, whom Christ came from. That's the genealogy of Christ. But in the book of Mark, it goes straight confrontational. This is why I love this book. Uh, I love it. I read it all the time. <laughs> and I get a lot of information as I read. So here we see, and immediately the Spirit delivered him into the wilderness. As we checked in Matthew one thirteen. we just saw the genealogies of Christ. Let's look at Luke one one thirteen and see what, what is it saying in the first 13th chapter. Luke chapter 1. Verse 13, and the angels unto him from Zacharias for the prayers heard of thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call him John. See, it's talking about John. The book of Mark goes straight into spiritual warfare. All right, let's go to the book of John 1, 13 and compare it and see what it says like Mark 1, 13. See, it's in a compar- comparable, this was confrontation with the enemy very early in the book. Which was born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Christ accepted. Right here in the book of Mark, goes straight directly to spiritual conflict. This is why I love it. Straight to the demons. 
And immediately the Spirit delivered him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness of 40 days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beast, and the angels ministered unto him. Now, after that John was put into prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preached the gospel unto the kingdom of God. Preaching. Circle that. That's one time you see him preaching the gospel in the book of Mark. And keep, as you read it, when you see preaching, circle number two. This is how you study. And then you can remember by the Spirit, not by your mind, Scripture. And the Lord will put it up. You ain't got to remember. And saying, the time of fulfillment of the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Here Jesus calls us uh, four uh, disciples in Mark 1.16. Now he's, he walked by the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you become fishermen of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little further, there he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother, who also were in the ship, meddling their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. Why did the Bible say to have hired servants? People was working. Jesus got ordinary people. Then in 121, it goes straight into the Sabbath and straight directly with evil spirits. This is why I like the book of Mark. If you're a deliverance minister, this would be, <laughs> this would be field day for you for study. Uh, in Mark 121, and they went into Caponium straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority, and not as scribes. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out. Notice this in the synagogue. Now, that's on a Saturday. So Jesus cast out demons on a Saturday. He said, synagogues, they don't worship on Sunday. You see the significance for Saturday, Shabbat? It's all in the book of Mark. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out. This is the first identification of unclean spirits in a human being in the book of Mark. Very early in Mark chapter 1. Go straight to it. Then the demon says, let us. So we see that demons are more than one, us. Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Now, they know who he is. Aren't thou come to destroy us? Watch this. I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. If they know who you are, why are they trying to stop you from knowing who he is? <laughs> you see, the devil is a lie. There's no truth in him. There's no truth in the devil. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. Why is it that when you see Jesus dealing with demons, he tell them, don't say nothing about me. I don't need you telling me nothing. He doesn't need their assistance. He is the son of God. And when the unclean spirit had tore him, now the torn, this is a physical manifestation when demons are coming out of the body, they like to disturb the body. To prevent this, uh, if you're in deliverance, if you're in advanced stages of deliverance, or if you know deliverance spirit, and if you see the person being tormented, you'll see the Holy Spirit will definitely reveal to you because 
I was doing an exorcism one time, and the Lord told me that the demons was trying to disturb, disturb her internally. And I commanded to stop uh, harassing her internally with her organs and come out of her body. You have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in dealing this. There's no formula or there's no certain way to do this. You remember, as the Lord said, take no script. God don't want us to take no script. We don't need to do that. And cried with a loud voice, and he came out. Now, the Bible says something about this, and they were all amazed insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commanded he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. This is the first time human beings encountered Jesus Casting out demons and they sin, unclean spirits obeying the Son of God the first time. And immediately, his fame. Wait a minute. We don't hear this in the church. What made Jesus famous? The Bible says immediately his fame spread aboard throughout all the regions round about Galilee. The sick heal, and devils cast out. Then we go in Mark one twenty nine, and forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, here, here goes Sabbath day again. That's a Sabbath. That is a Sabbath. That's not a Sunday. They entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now I want you to pay close attention to this. The Holy Spirit has sent me to explain this to you. But Simon's wife's mother laid sick of a fever, okay? And Aaron, they tell him of her. He came and took her by the hand and lift her up, and so immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto her. This is a natural sickness. This is not a demon. Notice that Jesus did not tell the fever to come out. Jesus healed the person from a natural sickness. So any natural sickness, let Jesus heal you. Some of you believe in the medication more than than, than, than the Lord. Uh, Jeremiah forty six eleven said, "All medication can't cure you." <laughs> you need to know this. Jeremiah forty six eleven. We putting so much trust in medication. Let's let's go there real quick. Jeremiah forty six eleven. You need you people need this. Notice he did not cast out that. He touched her, and the the fever left. It didn't say evil spirit. It said a fever. So some sicknesses are demonic, some are natural. Some comes with generational curses. We'll see that. Let's go to Jeremiah 46, 11. Go up into Galilee and take Balaam, O virgin, the daughter of Egypt. In vain shall thou use many medications, for thou shalt not be cured. This is the best way to get cured here. And he came and took her by the hand and cast the demon out. No, it didn't say that. You have to discern what is demonic and what's not. This is why the Roman Catholic have guidelines such as psychological evaluation. I don't need those type of guidelines because the Holy Spirit will do the evaluating for me. Then he came and took her by the hand. Mark 1. Well, who are you taking by the hand? This is Peter's wife. 
But didn't the Roman Catholic Church say that uh, Peter was the first pope? Well, he was the first married one. That's why I got out of Catholicism. That, that's not, not contrary to Scripture. Because it says, and forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue and entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John, but Simon's wife. I don't ever hear the Catholic Church say that. That is in Mark one thirty. But Simon's wife, mother. That's his mother-in-law. Laid sick of a fever. But Simon's wife's mother. Not Simon's wife, but his mother. See there? But Simon's wife's mother. Very important. Simon had a wife. And the wife wasn't sick. It was the mother laid sick of a fever. And Aaron they tell him of her, and he came and took her by the hand and lift her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. So Jesus can heal natural sicknesses. And at eve, when the sun did set, now that's the Sabbath. Notice that Jesus can do natural healing, and he can get, he's the son of God. And notice we see another healing from the come. And at eve, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased. That's sickness. Watch this. And them that was possessed with devils. Lord, have mercy. Boy, in the book of Mark, they go right at it. Disease, devil. Jesus can heal both of them. It says all that were diseased. That's a sickness. Then we got the demons. And them that were possessed with devils. More than one. And all the city were gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of divers. That's different kinds of diseases. Divers diseases. It did not say demons. But it says in the next one, and cast out many devils. So you have to have distinctions here. Jesus is showing us in the book of Mark that he can heal natural sicknesses, many kinds. Now, in John 14, 11, 12, he says, what I should do, you should do. We should be doing the same thing. Are we? Why are we not doing what Jesus do? We out of time. Boy, we was really getting into it. And he healed many that were sick of divers disease and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Jesus do not need no demons speaking for his kingdom. I hope you've been blessed with that. I was ready to have some fun with that. We're going to pick this thing back up tomorrow, part two. And we're going to start at uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 35, Jesus preached in Galilee. We're going to read the whole book of Mark. And I pray that you will find this enlightening and being a blessing to you. Now, we're going to move it up late midnight tomorrow at 12 midnight so that our German audience can be able to listen to it. Sow a seed for us here at www. I want to thank Brother Sammy Osley. God bless him. God bless him, Brother T. Rowe, Brother Tommy, Sister Durden, Sister Sheila. I want to thank all my brothers and sisters, Brother James uh, Milkor, Brother Paul. God bless Brother Beagles Bakers. I just want to thank all those who support this radio broadcast. Please support us and help us. Go to www.livedeliverance.com. On the lower left hand of our icon, we have a PayPal site. 
and go to www.livedeliverance.com and go to GoFundMe. You can show us the there. You can also listen to us at Blog Talk, air code 646-378-1857, hit option number one, and also at www.livedeliveranceinternetradio.com. God bless you, and shalom. We're going to get ready to switch out so those who are in our radio station can continue to listen to the sermons. And then we're going to go and get ready for opening statements here at Blog Talk Radio. Okay, those who are in live deliverance, God bless. We're going back to regular broadcast. Thank you. All right, Chaplain John Durden, Chaplain John Durden, Chaplain John Durden, you got the mic. Well, the only thing I got to say is that this, the teaching was excellent, and I know why, and that is because the Holy Spirit was putting into your spirit what needed to be said. I had a couple of folks go, we know you write that sermon. Does it sound like he's reading something written document? I don't think so. He been hearing the Holy Spirit when God called him many years ago. I just said I heard him speaking in tongues. What was he speaking in tongues for? He was speaking in tongues. I heard it. Oh, that's like being refilled, you know, like he might be going. And the Holy Spirit know when he that he needs some additional information. So while he's talking, the next minute he go educate The Holy Spirit is feeding his spirit. And then he goes on, man. He may be teaching another two or three chapters. Then you hear him going, hey, shikiri, the Holy Spirit is feeding him. He just keep right on going. The Holy Spirit is telling him what to say. The Holy Spirit is feeding his spirit. That's what's going on, sir. Hello? Captain uh, Durden? Yes, sir. Dr. Thumplin says he has to talk to us after this old wit. Brother John, close us out in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come before you now in the precious name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you for the teaching that was provided to us by way of your servant, Brother Emmett, Father. And Lord Jesus, I ask that you just continue to teach us and use the word so we can grow, so we won't be staying stymied and don't know half the Bible and these kind of things. We just love your teaching because you use us men and women who love you and who desires you and live by your biblical standards. And we thank you. And we give you all the praise and the glory. We thank you for the teaching tonight. God bless everybody who will listen. Amen. All right. God bless everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Welcome to my gymnasium. <laughs> Check it out. Watch this. Bring exercise my tongue, so you are. I read for ministry, so guess what? Running extra. I wanna talk to you. I wanna talk to you. Just